Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Called for Freedom podcast. Continuing our study of Judges, we're going into chapter 11. I also want to quickly continue the announcement that coming soon, we will have Called for Freedom apparel, and that will be the best way you can support this show. Uh, I really hope you guys grab a t-shirt. Um, at some point, I'll, I'll make some hats, but that's not in the cards for right now. But I'm going to get some t-shirts going. I really, really hope you guys buy those. It's an You've obviously seen the logo. Um, it's going to be great. I can't wait for that to happen. But anyway, let's dive in here. So, introducing chapter 11, this chapter gives as the history of Jephthah, another of Israel's judges, and numbered among the worthies of the Old Testament, that by faith did great things. Though he had not such an extraordinary call as the rest there mentioned, here we have the disadvantages of his origin. The Gideonites choice of him to be commander-in-chief against the Ammonites, and the terms he made with them. His treaty with the king of Ammon about the rights of the two nations, that the matter might be determined, if possible, without bloodshed. His war with the Ammonites, which he enters upon a solemn vow, prosecutes with bravery, and ends with a glorious victory and the straits he was brought into at his return to his own house by the vow he had made. Now, of course, the verse you heard at the opening is the first verse of this chapter. Let's get into it. And this also describes how he was um, not so loved by the people just by this first verse but let's get into it Jephthah the Gideonite was a mighty warrior his father was Gilead his mother was a prostitute Gilead's wife also bore him sons and when they were grown up, they drove Jephthah away. You are not going to get any inheritance in our family, they said, because you are the son of another woman. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and settled in the land of Tob, where a gang of scoundrels gathered around him and followed him. Sometime later, when the Ammonites were fighting against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. Come, they said, be our commander, so we can fight the Ammonites. Jephthah said to them, Didn't you hate me and drive me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now when you are in trouble? The elders of Gilead said to him, Nevertheless, we are turning to you now. Come with us to fight the Ammonites, and you will be head 
over all of us who live in Gilead. Jephthah answered, Suppose you take me back to fight the Ammonites, and the Lord gives them to me. Will I really be your head? The elders of Gilead replied, The Lord is our witness. We will certainly do as you say. So Jephthah, with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and commander over them. And he repeated all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. Then Jephthah sent messengers to the Ammonite king with question. What do you have against me that you have attacked my country? The king of the Ammonites answered Jephthah's messengers. When Israel came up out of Egypt, they took away my land from the Arnon to the Jabbok all the way to the Jordan. Now give it back peaceably. Jephthah sent back messengers to the Ammonite king, saying, This is what Jephthah says. Israel did not take the land of Moab, or the land of the Ammonites. But when they came up out of Egypt, Israel went through the wilderness, to the Red Sea, and on to Gadesh. Then Israel sent messengers to the king of Edom, saying, Give us permission to go through your country. But the king of Edom would not listen. They sent also the king of Moab, and he refused. So Israel stayed at Kadesh. Next they traveled through the wilderness, skirted the lands of Edom and Moab, passed along the eastern side of the country of Moab, encamped on the other side of the Arnon. They did not enter the territory of Moab, for the Arnon was its border. Then Israel sent messengers to Shahan, king of the Amorites, who ruled in Heshbon, and said to him, Let us pass through your country to our own place. Shahan, however, did not trust Israel to pass through its territory. He mustered all his troops and encamped at Jahaz and fought with Israel. Then the Lord, the God of Israel, gave Shahan and his whole army into Israel's hands, and they defeated them. Israel took over all the land of the Amorites who lived in that country, capturing all of it from the Arnon, and took Jabbok and from the desert to the Jordan. Now since the Lord, the God of Israel, has driven the Amorites out before his people, Israel, what right do you have to take it over? Will you not take what your God, Chamash, gives you? Likewise, whatever the Lord our God gives us, we will possess. Are you any better than Balak son of Zippar, king of Moab? Did he ever quarrel with Israel or fight with them? For three hundred years Israel occupied Heshbon, Aror, the surrounding settlements, and all the towns along the Arnon. Why didn't you retake them during that time? I have not wronged you, but you are doing me wrong by waging war against me. Let the Lord, 
the judge decide the dispute this day between the Israelites and the Ammonites. The king of Ammon, however, paid no attention to the message Jephthah sent him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah. He crossed Gilead and Manasseh, passed through Mizpah of Gilead. And from there he advanced against the Ammonites. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord, If you give the Ammonites into my hands, whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return in triumph from the Ammonites will be the Lord's, and I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. Then Jephthah went over to the fight, over to fight the Ammonites, and the Lord gave them into his hands. He devastated twenty towns of Aurora to the vicinity of Manith, as far as Abel Karamim, thus Israel subdued Ammon. When Jephthah returned to his home in Mizpah, who should come out to meet him but his daughter dancing to the sound of timbrels. She was an only child. Except for her, he had neither son nor daughter. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and cried, Oh no, my daughter, you have brought me down, and I am devastated. I have made a vow to the Lord that I cannot break. My father, she replied, you have given your word to the Lord. Do to me just as you promised. Now that the Lord has avenged you of your enemies, the Ammonites, but grant me this one request, she said. Give me two months to roam the hills and weep with my friends, because I will never marry. You may go, he said. And he let her go for two months. She and her friends went to the hills and wept, because she would never marry. After the two months, she returned to her father, and he did to her as he vowed. And she was a virgin. From this, the Israelite tradition that each year the young woman of Israel go out for days, for four days, to commemorate the daughter of Jephthah, the Gileadite. Mm. That's a rough story. Um, you know, we hear... Uh, you know, in that we hear the exchange between the king of the Ammonites and Jephthah trying not to wage war, basically. But at the end of the victory, Jephthah had to sacrifice his only daughter. So... But Jephthah had a family background that many would say should have disqualified him from public service. At least that has been the conventional wisdom down through the ages. But thank God that this is not the way our Savior sees the sins of our fathers. Grace was poured out on this man's life. God made him a hero and he rose to the highest position. 
judge over Israel. Even though in unbelief he took a foolish vow, both he and his daughter honored that vow, and she remained celibate the rest of her life. People of the book keep their word, even to their own hurt. We love the quote by Eleanor, Eleanor Roosevelt. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. The Bible is filled with stories of unlikely heroes who you might look at and say, that's not someone I would have picked. However, God looks and says, I've chosen that one to do my work, to be filled with my spirit and to be sent into battle against the enemy. Perhaps you consider yourself an unlikely candidate to be used by God. If we have surrendered our lives to him, then we must believe that he is working in and through us. Others may be more talented, intelligent, or even better looking, but that is never the qualities God is looking for. What matters to him is whether or not we're seeking to do His will in our lives. The Apostle Paul wrote, I am what I am by the grace of God in 1 Corinthians 15.10. Although Jephthah may have originally felt he had nothing to offer, he overcame those feelings and attempted much in his life. God broke through and gave Jephthah a healthy sense of self-respect in spite of his family background. Jephthah's life teaches us that we can rise above our circumstances. Expect God to do the same in your life and don't back away from challenges. He promises to be to both be with us and to use us in his kingdom. Lord, thank you that you overcome where we have come from. Mm. Amen. Thank you, guys. This was a good episode. The story of Jephthah is a strong story, and I hope it hits your heart. I will see you again on Monday. Take care.